When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Inspire to Fire podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm your host. And today we have V from V Frugal Fox on the show. I wanted her to share her story to you guys because I think it's very inspirational. I wanted her to show you how she handled life's obstacles while she was paying off debt, um, how she started Weird Digital Marketing, as well, which is her business, as well as her side hustle that she's doing, which is actually paying off, and how she saved a bunch of money on her prescriptions. But before we get into that, I do want to announce a winner for this episode uh, for the giveaway. And the winner for this week is Savage Jordan. He writes, great information. This is very informative and it doesn't sugarcoat anything. So thank you, Savage Jordan. You have won a copy of The Simple Path of Wealth, which we discussed in last episode with JL Collins. It's a great book and I hope you enjoy. So keep entering those reviews and it helps me out a lot on Apple Podcasts. It also enters you into the giveaway, uh, which I will continue every episode. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support, especially for the support with the Plutus Awards as well. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I'm trying my best to bring you guys great content and uh, I hope you can also uh, see that as well. So before we get into the discussion with V, I wanted to give a little bit of background on her. So this is uh, a little bit about her bio. That way you can understand uh, more while we're having this discussion. So she was 22 and fresh out of a bachelor's program with her new husband and no idea how to adult. It was January 2016. And instead of contentment and residual holiday joy, she felt panic and shame. She had zero dollars in her checking account zero dollars in her savings, and zero to their names. She decided at that moment with tears welling up in her eyes that she was done. Done following in the footsteps of the money mismanagement she grew up with. She was done having to choose between medication and food. She was done struggling every single day because she didn't know what she was doing with her finances. And she decided to change. She created an Instagram page to document her journey, broke out the markers to create a debt payoff chart, and read Dave Ramsey's book, The Total Money Makeover, in one night. For the next year and a half, all she thought about was climbing out of debt. She stopped spending money, worked her butt off, and budgeted every cent, and surrounded herself with people who were on the same path. 
From January 2016 to August 2017, she paid off $60,000. This may seem like the perfect sequence of events. She finds out she's doing it all wrong, manages to turn her life around, and then parades and celebrates everywhere. Unfortunately, though, that's not how it went. Life decided to smack her in the face with divorce and job loss. From 2017 to 2018, she managed to pay her divorce in cash and save up $7,000 by living off of ramen noodles, but she had to persevere. In 2019, she met her partner and moved to Boulder, Colorado. She decided she was done playing the corporate game and opened her own business, Weird Digital Marketing, which allowed her to also begin V Frugal Fox. She doesn't claim to be a financial expert, but her story is truly inspiring. She has a passion for helping people and believes financial education and resources should be accessible to all people seeking it. So that's why I wanted to bring her on the show, and I hope you get a lot out of this episode. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce her. V, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Well, your story has been is really inspirational. I've uh, been following you on Instagram for a while now, and I've been waiting to get you on the show here. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to have you. And um, so I kind of wanted to touch on your story and, and have you share that with the audience, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me again. It's an honor to speak with you. I know we've been following each other for quite a long time, and <laughs> it's nice to finally like put a face to a name. Um, so I'm V Virginia from V Frugal Fox, and I've been a part of the debt-free community on Instagram since 2016, since before it was even a hashtag, I was a part of it. Um, and I started when I was 22, um, I was newly married, fresh out of college, and I had racked up a crap ton of debt, basically $60,000 of cars, credit cards, personal loans, student loans. I mean, pretty much anything you can think of, we had it. Um, <laughs> and so through the journey from 22 to now, I've gone through quite a bit of upheaval in my life. I um, got a divorce during my debt-free journey and I opened a business through my debt-free journey. Um, and then I moved cross country on my debt-free journey. <laughs> so it's been a lot of oscillation, but it's, it's been a wild ride and I've had fun. I've, I've made really great friends in this community. And, you know, my goal is to basically just inspire people to become debt-free or to have, be financially literate mm -hmm. so that they can make their dreams come true, basically. Yeah. And that's, that's the part of the story that I wanted to have everybody hear um, I kind of wanted to have you maybe touch on the beginning. You, you mentioned before money mismanagement that you've learned or, or seen in your childhood. And what was that spark that initially got you started? Well, it's, it's interesting. Growing up um, in my household, we just did not talk about finances. Um, I knew when things were getting tight, you know, the ramen packs would come out. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I think many people have a similar story. Um, but I mean, it was never taught to me in school. My parents never taught to me. So when it was time to apply for college, I knew I was smart enough to go to college. And I knew, I, I mean, that was the track that my parents had put me on, but nobody had sat me down and, and said, you know, this is how we're going to pay for it. Um, so that's when my parents ended up taking out the parent plus loan, which is like the worst loan you can take out period for student loans. I mean, I think it's like 9% interest. Um, and that's how I got into my freshman year of college. 
And I mean, just that background, when, when I got out of college, my undergrad, I, I couldn't pay for the student loan that the grace period was ending. So I looked at that bill and then I couldn't pay for my antidepressants, which I need to survive essentially. And I couldn't pay for both of those. And that was my, oh crap, what am I going to do about the situation? Because I can't continue to live like I was raised and I can't, can't continue to be in this cycle of paycheck to paycheck, struggle to struggle. I just don't want that for myself. And so honestly, it was kind of like at that bottom where I realized, you know, I have to take my life into my own hands and I have to educate myself because no one's going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. that That was my moment. Yeah. And I want to get into the um, affording medications part, but um, I also wanted to, so what did you do at that point? That's uh, to, I guess, when you decided that you didn't want to live that way and you didn't want to continue on that path, um, Mm -hmm. what exactly, uh, what actions did you take after that? Well, um, most people know me when I decide to do something, I, I really do it. I, there's <laughs> like, there's like no, eh, there's no in, in the middle for me. It's like either I'm not going to do that or I'm really doing it. So, um, I bought total money makeover and I read it in basically a night. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, yeah. That's a I, great book. It's, it's a very, it's, um, it's a good book for the stories of people getting out of debt. I have a lot of issues with Dave Ramsey but mm-hmm. all of that to say is he was an incredible starting point for me I mean that's really what inspired me to to get out of the rut that I was in so to speak so I read um, Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover I basically um, committed to putting my debit cards in jail mm-hmm. uh, so I just like threw all of my plastic into a mason jar and put it on a bookshelf when I said I'm not going to spend any money because I have to like reset myself because I don't even know where my money's going and then I made a little on a piece of paper budget I I drew a debt-free chart on a poster board before everybody had their own you know business where you got debt-free charts from and I just went with it I, I started my Instagram I started started kind of documenting my own journey as a way to keep myself accountable and to see if anybody else was out there mm-hmm. and out people were out there doing the same thing and it made me feel a lot less crazy because when I started um some people in my own life you know they thought I would get bored with it they thought I you know I would just fall off the wagon but most people thought I was crazy mm-hmm. um <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I mean it, yeah it's crazy to want to be out of debt right that's it's absolutely crazy, but I guess it's crazy to go against the norm, to go against what you're mm-hmm. taught, or not taught really, mm-hmm. um, and kind of live a different life than, than what is considered normal. So yeah. uh, that's what I did. I just started documenting and being really honest about what I was doing um, yeah. in real life and online. And, and um, I think Dave Ramsey kind of is the gateway for a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, you know, there is a lot to consider when it comes to Dave Ramsey's strategy and, and debt snowball, et cetera. But, um, you know, that is one thing that I would say is he kind of is the first, for some reason or another, the first way that people get introduced to debt freedom. Yeah, You can't be a part of the debt free community and, and not acknowledge that he is a, a foundation, I would say of the debt free community. I think that he, he is very, mass appeal and I think that's right. why that happens and I mean again I, I have my own issues with Ramsey solutions but 
I will always appreciate Ramsey for what he did for me because I wouldn't be talking to you if it weren't for him. So I got to acknowledge that. <laughs> same, same here. And I want to kind of also ask you, so where did you start? Was it the student loans that you decided to get rid of first or was it the credit card debt or like, did you attack everything at once? How did you kind of? Um, in the beginning we did the, um, that snowball. And I, we started on my smallest loan, which was a thousand dollar tiny little loan from um, my, my college university, North Carolina. So I got, I knocked that out in a month worth within budgeting. Nice. <laughs> and I did um, do something that I don't, I don't recommend doing now. I, I was so pumped, so pumped to start paying off debt that I didn't even care about the emergency fund, which is a big no-no. And I would never, ever, ever recommend doing that now, now that I've lived the life I have. Um, always do an emergency fund before you start knocking out off debt. I, I get the enthusiasm and I love that, but you got to protect yourself. Um, yes, I agree, <laughs> so, especially yeah. with everything that, that's been going on this year. 2020 has been crazy. 2020 has been the year of, oh, emergency funds really are that important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, they are. Um, so I, I, we knocked out my, my small student loan. And then we went on to, I think the next smallest loan was a personal loan, which was for the wedding that we had. Um, but we did the avalanche um, until we got to my biggest student loan, which was 18000 And my ex-husband's car which was, I think it was like 11,000 or 12,000 at the time. And I was just so sick of my student loans taking so much interest. I was just over it. So um, I just attacked that and ended up getting rid of that. So for the people who are listening right now and don't, are not familiar with that snowball and that, or that avalanche, can you kind of um, break that down a little bit for us? Yeah, so the debt snowball is essentially you pay off your smallest loan amount regardless of interest rate first. So if I had two debts and one was $1,000 and one was $3,000, I would attack the $1,000 debt regardless of the interest rate. And the, the ideology is that you pay off the $1,000 and the money that you were using to pay that debt off, you put forward to the next debt. So it snowballs, it collects, and you just kind of roll down the hill and gather more momentum so that you pay off your debt quickly and you have quick wins, which is really great. And I recommend it in the beginning of your debt-free journey. Um, and then the debt avalanche is putting the highest interest rate first, essentially, and using the same method. You pay off the highest interest rate debt first and then use that momentum to pay off the next one. Um, and at the time, I think we did the avalanche first, like I said, and, and then we went to the last two loans and we did the, um, the no, we did the snowball first, sorry. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, and then we did the avalanche. Um, and I think my student loans were at like six to 8%. And then his car was at like 4%. So I just was tired of throwing money at an interest rate. And I just decided to attack my student loans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's, uh pretty important to understand is because this debt snowball isn't necessarily the most the mathematically best option but no, not at all. <laughs> it does give you that win that yeah. you know you you took care of one loan and you can move on to the next and then the next like in the beginning it's just so important to have those those quick wins so that you're not discouraged because I mean for me I knew that if I looked at all sixty thousand dollars as a whole, I was not, there was no way I was going to pay that off. I mean, how do you even do that? But I mean, yeah. how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So yeah. that's the whole method of the, the snowball and the baby steps is to just one thing at a time. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's that's awesome. And then you finally, uh, after persistence, you you got to paying that off, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm still paying off debt. I have my car. By the end of by the end of my debt payoff journey, I will have paid off over eighty thousand dollars of debt. Wow, um, nice! Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. thank you, and I think it's really important to also just note something that I have really tried to cultivate in my own life as I've gone through the journey is that it's not um, for a lot of people. It's not a fast journey. By the time I do pay off all my debt, it will have been six to seven years. And I think it's really important for people that don't have, you know, an IT or a tech income of a hundred thousand dollars. Um, you know, I've, I've never had an income like that. It has been a very small income from the beginning for me. Um, so just, you know, take your time and try to find balance and understand that it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint kind of thing. Because mm -hmm. if I, if I knew what I knew now, when I started, I mean, <sighs> I would, I was so gazelle intense for so long when that gazelle intense just means like the only thing I slept, ate, breathed was paying off debt. Um, I was so gazelle intense for so long and I got really burnt out. And I think that's something that people that have tiny shovels need to understand is like, you, you don't have to do that. You can find balance and you can still find success, you know? Right. Right. And during those uh, years, life mm -hmm. is going to hit you in many different ways. Yes. So I kind of wanted to touch on that is how do you handle life's obstacles um, and then kind of transition into how did, what did you do from there? How did you make, turn that into a positive? Um, but first uh, you mentioned um, divorce and also there was a period of time where you lost your job. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that that's really important because that can throw somebody off track completely. Mm -hmm. um, so how were you able to kind of, handle those situations? Do you have any advice for somebody that might be going through that? Yeah, I mean, I think the important thing is, is for me to be really honest about my own experience. And I come from a very privileged place. Um, the only reason I was financially able to cash flow my divorce and survive during those that year really was because I leaned on my family and my friends quite a lot. I mean, they helped me monetarily. I stayed with my parents for four months of my childhood home. I couch surfed um, until I got back on my feet. And, you know, it's not like I pulled myself up from my bootstraps and did it all myself. You know, I, I didn't, I had a lot of help. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first thing. Like if you have people you can lean on, lean on them because going through something like that is heart wrenching in and of itself. But when you add in the monetary issues, it's, it can be extremely devastating and it can, and it did set me back. I'm not going to lie. You know, I didn't, I didn't pay off debt during that time. I was focused on um, you know, putting my mental health in front of me, trying to go to work every day and keeping an income, you know, yeah. figuring out where I was going to sleep. Um, so it, it, it does deviate you. Life will happen to you. you you'll get off track. But I think if you wanted it enough, um, you know, you'll, you'll get back on track when you can. That's mm -hmm. really important. Um, and yeah, I did lose my job um, after my divorce was finalized in January of 2019 my company downsized and I lost my job um, but at that time I had saved a, a pretty good emergency fund of seven thousand dollars and I basically just said you know this is I'm at a crossroads in my life you know I can either stay in my hometown and look for jobs here which the job market just wasn't that great um, and continue kind of working for somebody else or 
I can do my own thing and try it because I have nothing to lose. So I started my business <laughs> because, nice. you know, why not? You know, yeah. I grew up. If I felt like if I could go through divorce and go through the debt-free journey and go through everything I did, what's running a business? Uh, <laughs> whatever, let's just do it. So that's what I did. <laughs> so I used, um, I used a lot of my emergency fund to get weird digital marketing off the ground. And now my career is helping people in the debt-free community with their brands and their products and their websites. And I get yeah. to work with my friends every day in the personal finance space. So yeah, that's really cool. And I think it's really important, like you said, to acknowledge that, you know, the down times, um, a lot of times people see and, and you know, you're, you see it on social media and, and everywhere, the success stories. Um, and sometimes that can be discouraging to just see somebody's highlight reel all the time and expect that that's going to be what life is. Um, so it's important, I think, to showcase that, you know, times do get tough and it's okay. There's no shame in having to ask or, you know, look for support from your family or friends. Yeah, I, I really try to make my, my brand, Be Frugal Fox, as authentic as possible. And I think that's why people are attracted to my, my story and my page, because it's not a highlight reel. I mean, my life has, has been absolutely insane. Bonkers. <laughs> like I've gone through some really heavy stuff, but I've always tried to be as um, upfront about that as possible. And mm -hmm. I, I just think that so many things are shoved in the shame closet. Like, and I, I don't want people to feel that when they go through life. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. And so you took a negative and you dealt with it as best as you could. And then you found a way to turn it into a positive by starting weird digital marketing, right? Yeah, I, I did. I I just thought, you know, why not? I mean, I, I have, all, I know it sounds so cliche, but like, I only have one life, you know? And if, if I didn't do it, I would always wonder if I could be my own boss, if I could build my own business, if, if it would have worked for me. Um, and a year and a half in, I, I cannot imagine working for somebody else anymore. I mean, it's a struggle. It is a struggle running your own business, but it is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Yeah. And you had the option or, or you were able to make that decision from a good, uh, I guess, financial position yeah. because of that emergency fund that you had. So that's where, again, that is super important for everybody yeah. to have that. Options. Money gives you freedom. Money, money allows you to, to sit back and to take a minute and to decide what's right for you. And that's why I'm so passionate about spreading financial literacy and education and just giving people resources and, and trying to kind of, I know it sounds cultish, but like pull people into this mindset that you don't have to live this boxed life that society tries to sell you. You don't have to live in that, that world. You can make your own, your own path and money has a wonderful way of opening that path to you. Um, and, and that's why I, I love the debt-free community. That's why I love money because I mean, if you know how to work it, it will work for you forever. Yep. And that's what turned me onto the fire community and the debt-free community as well. I also wanted to touch on the, the business that you started, of course, is that something that you went to school for marketing? Mm -hmm. uh, kind of. I went to UNC for communications and I got my minor in gender and women's studies. So it, my degree was basically all about um, 
<laughs> about how corporate institutions communicate with each other and with the society that we've built and how power and gender kind of work within that space. Um, so obviously finances really played a role in my education um, as well. So yeah, I went to school for communications in a nutshell. Uh, that's That sounds really interesting, actually. I think I'd enjoy learning about that. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's very interesting. Lots of feminism and um, minority studies, and it's something that I'm very passionate about still. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so how did you go about uh, starting the business, I guess, in in a more, in, a, in an actionable way, what was the first thing that you decided you needed to do? Or did you learn any, you know, read any books before doing it? Or did you just jumped right in? Just jumped in. Um, <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way to learn. Yeah, I, I have learned quite a lot. Um, <laughs> the first thing I did was get an invoicing system, which I use App & Co. A lot of people use QuickBooks, but App & Co has worked fine for me. It's, it's fairly cheap. It was like, $180 or something like that a year. So um, amazing service, definitely recommend them. But I really, of course, coming from the financial background, I was like, okay, how do I make this, set up this business as a foundation so that I'm not basically screwing myself with the IRS later. It was really important for me to, to really get that foundation. So I got my invoicing system. That was the first thing I did. And then I got um, separate bank accounts for my money, which is the number one piece of advice that I have for anybody even thinking about starting a business. Um, always separate your business money because the IRS will come after you <laughs> if you mess anything up. And I don't mean to be like morbid, but you don't want to be in bad terms with them. You're, right. they're the big guys. Um, <laughs> and then I registered my business. I got um, an EIN, which is basically a social security number for your business. Um, and yeah, I mean, the rest is history. I'm, I'm an S Corp. And I mean, that's the logistics for you really to start a business. I would set aside a thousand dollars if you want to do like a digital nomad kind of business. That's the great thing about me is I don't need a lot of overhead. I have my MacBook and that's basically what I need. MacBook and a Wi-Fi connection. That's pretty cool. So you started with a MacBook and a Wi-Fi connection and a thousand dollars, give or take with... Um, you know, setting up these, these foundation parts. Mm -hmm. And then you just took off from there. You had your Instagram account as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's another thing I would say. It's not like, um, I decided to start a business one day and then it was all successful. No, I mean, this took, you know, five years of building a community and interacting with people and watching people grow and giving, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of dollars of free advice to people. You know, I mean, it's it's definitely been, again, like the debt-free journey, my business journey has been very long and arduous, but um, the foundation is there, and that's how I was able to turn my friends and different um, Instagram handles into clients full-time. Yeah. Um, so it's not just like I had friends, you know, it, it, it took a long time to cultivate, is my point. And do you have any employees that you've uh, employed over the years, or is it self uh self-run yeah. um i have independent contractors that work under me they're not full-time employees but um my hopefully knock on wood business partner <laughs> i'm i'm asking her to join she doesn't know and she won't see this podcast <laughs> um kaylee um she is my right hand woman and then i have an independent contractor courtney um that she does a few non-debt-free community accounts because i, I still 
in the old days, uh, before I started my business, I worked in the toy gift and game industry. And some of those clients came over when I started my own firm. Um, so she works with them primarily, but Kaylee works with Pinterest and um, SEO in that way. So she's really somebody that, I mean, has grown my business exponentially. Um, she works with really important clients and she is the, the Pinterest queen. I would not be I'm so glad she's with me. Um, and then I have a graphic designer that I also um, hire out to. So it makes it easier in, from a logistics standpoint to have that, those independent contractors not yes. needing to, okay, I got you. That, cause right. that's, that's one argument that I hear against, you know, starting your own business is where it gets a little tricky having your own employees and having to offer certain benefits things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, my, my ultimate goal is to hire Kaylee full-time with full benefits. Um, but you know, starting out, that's just not feasible. And I think a lot of people need to understand that, uh, you're not going to be making big, big bucks when you first start out. I mean, there's overhead, there's costs, there's taxes. I mean, the 30% tax rule is real and there's quarterly taxes. Like it costs a lot of money to run a business, which is something that I learned uh, this year. <laughs> so, you know, just be realistic. I, I really enjoy having my independent contractors and they report their own taxes, which is really important for me. Um, and I don't have to offer them benefits right now. So, I mean, if you want to start your own business and you're going to need help getting it off the ground, ICs are a perfect way to go. Um, but in the future, I really want to hire Kaylee full-time and I would like us to, um, just be probably a two to three person team. Yeah. I don't, I don't expect to have weird digital marketing headquarters in like Hong Kong or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not about that. Uh, Maybe one day. You will never know. <laughs> I'll rule the world. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was, that's pretty important. What you said is like just having a realistic mindset going into it, um, knowing that it's going to be a grind. But if it's something that you love, you're passionate about, it's so yeah. much better than working for, you know, <laughs> someone else and dedicating uh, all your energy and time to a cause that you don't really care about. Yeah. And I think that was what was wrong with me. My last job, I, at the end of it, I was, I mean, I was also going through, you know, emotional upheaval, but I was just so burnt out of not doing something that I really cared about. And now every day I get to write about how people can win with money. And it's, it's completely changed my outlook on running a business and just being happy in general. Like I'm, I'm just so much happier, even on my stressful days, I am, I can't even tell you how happy I am. I mean, I'm in the place that I want to be. I can literally take my laptop anywhere I want to go and work all around the world. Um, and to me, that flexibility is, is worth more than any benefit that I would ever get from any other company. For sure. Yeah. And, and I, I agree completely. Um, speaking of burnt out, are you, are you do a side hustle as well? Don't you? I do. Yeah. So, I did see a bit about your Rover side hustle and I'm always on the lookout for side hustles, ones that are actually uh, profitable, ones that are worth the time. Um, so how has your experience been with Rover? Do you recommend it? Is it? Has it been really worth your time? Rover is absolutely incredible. I love it so much. Um, I started Rover like three years ago and it, it was a slow start because a lot of times people think you're going to start a side hustle and immediately bring in like five grand a month and again that's not how it works it takes time and cultivation and foundation that's always going to be my like go-to it takes time um but I started picking up steam when we moved to Colorado really um 
so Rover is basically uh, the gig economy for dog walkers, dog sitters, dog boarding. So instead of like taking your dog to your vet's dog boarding, which is going to stress them out and you're going to pay like $60 a night or however much, you know, um, and they're in an environment where it's just very chaotic. You basically pay an, an independent contractor like myself to go into your home and stay with your dog for X amount of days and take care of your house, your plants, your mail, cleaning, your dog, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so in Colorado, it is an incredible business. Um, this year, even with COVID, um, at the end of this month, I'll have brought in $4,000, um, which, you know, when you own your own business, some months are good, some months are bad. So we supplement our income with that. Um, we're also cash flowing a wedding this year. So that's been great for that. Um, we've been able to put money towards that and just savings. Um, with COVID going around, we've bumped up our savings to our, our baseline is 8,500. And we just save like a hundred dollars a month just on top of that. Mm -hmm. um, so that Rover income has, has really helped us tremendously this year. Um, and I absolutely recommend it. But the biggest thing about side hustles is, you know, again, do something that you love. Um, because if, if I didn't like Rover, uh, I would be even more burnt out on top of my, you know, full-time running a business job. But because I love cuddling with dogs, it's not really a big deal for me. And I can work from my Rover clients' homes. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a win-win for me, for sure. Yeah. So you can be dog sitting, for example, and also on your laptop because, and, and yep. working on your business. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So you're double dipping there. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like double income. It's, it's really nice. So did I hear you say $4,000 a month, potentially? No, no, no. $4,000 this year. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I'm a dog lover. I would do that right now. <laughs> you're like, uh, let's get off this call. <laughs> um, I, I usually average between $800 and $1,000 per month. Um, but with COVID, it's been really weird. Uh, you know, so this year, I think last year I made just under $2,000. And this year I've already doubled that. So okay. it's a really good business to get into. I yeah. highly recommend it. And um, what are some things that people can do to make more on Rover? Is there like some uh, qualifications or maybe availability? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you have a more flexible schedule, like like me, I can basically do whatever. And that's why I get most of the jobs in my areas, because I'm probably one of the only Rover independent contractors that has an open schedule like that. Um, I think that Rover's SEO is kind of interesting. Um, you, you need to read up on it if you're going to do it. My, my top five tips are it, when you're starting, um, get testimonials from your friends and family. You can do that by sending out an email link. You, they don't have to be like reviewed stays or anything like that. Um, because just like anything online, you're a product and they're going to look at your reviews. Um, Next would be to price yourself below market so that you get a few jobs really quickly, which means you will get reviewed stays. Um, and reviews are going to be the most important thing on Rover. I think I, I'm right about at 30 reviews, which is really great for my area. Um, update your calendar every day. That way you're, the way Rover works is um, the SEO, if you update your calendar every day, you're pulled up to the top of the search list. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, every Rover, uh, person has a background check, so it's not really like a recommended thing to do, but if you want to pay for an extra background check, if like, if you live in New York city and the market is completely saturated, you want to do whatever you can to make yourself stand out. So like paying for the extra perks mm -hmm. of a, 
a more intense background check could potentially make you more uh, marketable for your clients. Mm -hmm. And then having a really awesome description, just like anything else. I mean, you're selling yourself. I think I always put like a funny pun up there and I just talk about how much I love dogs, how much I want to make them comfortable. And I've worked on farms and with guinea pigs. And <laughs> I just like try to put my, I try to inject as much personality into that as I can because, you know, clients are going to read that. So that's the really kind of quick guide to Rover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. That That is a really quick guide and for five easy steps. So I like how you put that together. <laughs> no problem. Um, I do it every day. So <laughs> Um, <laughs> exactly. And I do, and, I have um, a couple of blog posts on befrugalfox.com that kind of go for that as well. So Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes and um, have, yeah, the audience read that. So uh, the clients that you get is when they meet you and they're happy with the first um, interaction or, the, or visit, um, do they get to kind of keep you as like a recurring person or it has to kind of restart again from rover and they have to find you again no not at all um they can book back with me um and a lot of times if you get really comfortable with a client um you can it's not recommended but you can take your services off of rover um which of course they don't want you to do because they get a cut of mm -hmm. your money. Yeah. um but i mean i have a couple of clients that it just kind of makes sense for them to pay me out of pocket like off of rover because i go over there like every day and that would be really annoying for them <laughs> over every single day um but yeah i mean i have about eight reoccurring clients um and they're not like every day but um every couple of months they'll book me and i always try to put them as priority um i actually met a, um, a woman named terry and she's just been so such a sweetheart like we've formed such a great connection um and then another woman her name is sherry cheryl sharon sharon i um I've actually started to become more of a, she's become more of a business client now because she dabbles in creative arts and more of the toy gift and game industry. So, I mean, it's Rover is not just like something that, um, it's not like a gig for me. Like I always try to like get more out of it if yeah. I can, you know, I mean, every connection is a possible opportunity. Right. So. Right. For sure. Yeah. You, you, I'm sure you've met great people and, and everybody you meet are dog lovers just like you. So yeah. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Even if there's no business benefit from it, you can just maybe make a friend. Yeah. It's, it's really wonderful. And another great thing about Rover is um, uh, if you move to a new place and you start to move Rover, it's a great way to get to know your town. Most of the time I don't know where something is. I'm like, Oh, it's over there by Ziggy's house, which Ziggy is like a dog. Like I, <laughs> that's how I, <laughs> so, so you I know, know the neighborhood by the dog's yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's uh, hilarious. But you know, it yeah. works. <laughs> well, I I love it, and it seems like you you've got a lot going on, and and it kind of reminds me of marginal gains. It seems like you've been applying like little wins in every direction that you can, whether it's uh, lowering debt or starting your own business or having a side hustle. Um, so that's really cool. And one other win or marginal gain that you've done is using GoodRx, right? Is that um, how you've kind of saved on your medications? Yeah, so I, I take a couple medications, but the big one, the most expensive one is my Lexapro, which is anti antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication, which I talk a lot about um, on my channels, um, just having depression and kind of living with that and how I run a business with that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when I started my own business, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to afford health insurance because health insurance costs an arm and a leg. 
Um, but I knew that I, I needed this medication to function at all as a, as a person. Um, so for a couple of months, I paid out of pocket, which was around $200 for the two medications that I needed, which it was just eating away at my savings account. It ate away at my morale because I was just, I would just get so angry at the state of health insurance in this country, which we could talk about forever. Yes. Um, but we'll save that for a different date. Um, yeah, I'll have you on the show for uh, a yeah. whole, whole another well, episode for that. We'll see angry beef. <laughs> um, and if you care to read more about my thoughts, you should go to my blog. Um, but a friend actually on Instagram sent me a message and was like, hey, have you heard about GoodRx? I was like, no, what was that? And it's a, a company that basically puts um, pharmaceutical coupons online and they are specific to your location's pharmacy and you can print them out or scan them on your phone and it saves you money. And by money, I mean like hundreds of dollars a month, thousands per year. So my medications went from about $200 a month to um, under $15. Wow. So I save about $2,000 a year just on, just by printing out a coupon. Yeah. And it's a free, free app, right? Anybody can do it. Even if you have um, health insurance, it can lower some medications as well. So I, I post about, I try to post about it every two months because I had no clue what it was. And honestly, when I first saw it, I thought it was a joke. It was like one of those, this is too good to be true. Like this can't be real, but it was. So definitely go on there and see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm actually very familiar with it. I, that's kind of what drew me to, to your story too, is that I saw it and I'm like, this is what I've been preaching as well. I'm a pharmacist and I see it every day. So it's very unfortunate when I see people that need the medication, sometimes they can't really, you know, explain, um, you know, why they can't afford it or, or things like that. But I know it's, it's money issues. So right. they'll kind of give me like the, Oh, I don't need him right now. I'll come back right. next month. And I know them, they're either splitting their tablets in half or, or just not taking them the way they should. Um, so GoodRx has been something that I've leaned on as a pharmacist, and and I always check it because the price can actually be cheaper than your insurance's copay sometimes. It's incredible, and it's it's really been a lifesaver for me. I mean, I'm really lucky to be as young as I am and as healthy as I am. So like, I I pay out of pocket for my yearly exam, which is basically like, hey, can you can you re up my prescription on Lexapro? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that. That, that's less than a hundred dollars. And then I just use good RX for, for my prescriptions. Um, so I, I just, I, I want everybody to know about good RX cause it has saved, saved me so much heartache, headache. And, you know, I'm able to live as I should like a functioning person on my medication that I need. So I, I really love the, the company. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. So I will put a, I've written an article about it that includes GoodRx. Um, I'll include that in the show notes as well for everybody to read, but there's various ways that you can save on medications. And um, I think trying to gamify or opti optimize in any way the healthcare uh, is super important because as we know, it's in shambles. Like it's ridiculous how much things cost. Oh my gosh. Um again we can talk about it for a long time but yeah <laughs> um it's just it's a shame that we even need coupons for this but i mean you know it is a game and money a lot of time money is is a game like what can you do to make it stretch for you and good rx mm -hmm. stuff helped me i mean 
starting a business and looking at a price, a pharmaceutical price tag of over two grand, I mean, it just wasn't going to work. Um, so yeah. I'm really glad that I found that. I know that you've posted a few things about giving back to the community, how you kind of volunteer. Um, I think right now, especially, it's like, that's something that I want to highlight. I want to make sure that people don't forget that you can do those type of things, not just focus on what works for you and how you can help yourself. I think that um, part of the big push for me to become debt-free or financially independent, I'm, I mean, I'm not debt-free and, and being debt-free isn't my number one goal at the moment. Um, it's, you know, building my, my business. Um, I, the big thing for me was um, giving my nieces a better life. That was my big why, essentially, is, um, you know, I don't want kids. So I want them to navigate the world in a way that I didn't, you know, that, that I had to, basically. I, I don't want them to get into marriage because of uh, financial insecurity, or I didn't want them to have to worry about their parents paying a parent plus loan. Not that my brother would be like that. He's not. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just, I wanted to give them a better life. And I think that why has stuck with me through all these years, but it's also evolved, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's happened this year with COVID and just all of the death and destruction and injustice that we're seeing right now. I, I just, I have felt more called to help my local community because again, like it, I can equate it to like my, my debt mountain. Like I look at the state of this country and if I look at the whole thing, I mean, it just feels like demoralizing and I'm, I'm not going to be able to like, how do I make a difference? Just one person, you know, um, the same way where I looked at my mountain of debt and I was like, well, I'm never going to pay this off. Right. But I decided, you know, all right, what can I do though? Like realistically, what can I logistically, realistically do in my community to make a difference? And I decided to spend um, two hours each week at a um, soup kitchen, essentially. And I mean, it's, it's nothing, it's actually really great because I get away from the computer, which is nice because I mean, all day I'm, you know, editing or writing or, you know, on my MacBook, mm -hmm. working with my business. Um, but I get to go out into the community and really help underserved, um, underserved people. Um, I, I serve up food, I tie bows on bags, I give them to people and, and you know, we're social distancing, we have gloves and we're very sanitary, but I, I thought, you know, two, two, two hours a week is nothing for me. You know, that's something that I can do so easily. And I, I have this flexibility I have the income to just take a couple of hours off. I'm going to do it. And I know that in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's not changing the discourse of our country and it's not attacking um, all of the racial injustices or whatever, but it's something that I can do that I feel like, like helps. And so that's another reason why I really enjoy my business and why I think that more people could benefit from um, financial independence, from the fire community, from real estate, you know, whatever. Um, so that they can kind of shape the world in a way that they want to live in it. Um, and I think without money, without options, without flexibility, you can't really do that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my whole spiel. I, I just, <laughs> I think that giving back and especially in your local communities where you want to see a change, like it's corny, but be the change you want to see. If you're tired of 
X, Y, and Z. All right, what are you going to do to change it? Right. So. And, and it shows you have a big heart and you want to make a, a difference. And um, I love that. And if everybody could have that mentality where it's like, you know, you know, one person uh, unlikely to make a huge difference. But if everybody just tries to make a difference somewhere, um, you know, we can do something about it for sure. I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful that is the the lesson from 2020. And I know that the media and social media likes to try to divide and show all the horrible things. And while I'm not saying like ignore what's happening, I am saying like, okay, you're seeing all these things. So let's come together and try to fix the world. I mean, that's the whole point of being here is just trying to make it a better place. Mm-hmm. And it, just, it goes directly back to my nieces, directly back to my why when I started this whole thing. It's like, I want the world to be better for them. So I have to be the example. I have to help change it. And I just want, I want everybody to, to try to take all the crap in 2020 and just evolve it into something positive for their communities. Definitely. Definitely. Those are, are great words and inspiration. And um, yeah, it starts with you and it starts with conversations like these um, with your community as well and, and just helping out anywhere you can. So exactly. yeah, thank you for that. I also, well, to end the show, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all that wealth of knowledge with us. I, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to give you the floor and if there's, you know, how can people find you? What are you working on? Where would you like people to connect with you? Yeah. And you can find me at BeFrugalFox.com or at BeFrugalFox on any social media site. Basically. I also run a YouTube channel, um, finance on the fly, which I haven't uploaded in a little bit and I really need to get on that, (laughs) but you know, business. Um, and you know, every day I'm, I'm working to try to inspire people that they don't have to live in a box that has been presented to them. I want them to live their own life on their own terms. And that's what I try to do every day. Yeah. Yeah. So again, thank you so much. I'm going to put all that in the show notes so that everybody can find you because I think if, you know, if they like what I'm doing and and the content that I'm producing, they're going to love what you're producing as well. So, so. (laughs) (laughs) well, thank you V so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. So I hope this episode was as useful to you as it was for me. If you would like to help the show, here's how you can do it. First, subscribe and leave a review on any platform where you listen to the show. This will also enter you into our giveaway where I announce a winner each episode. Second, share this podcast with a friend. Lastly, you can help me continue to bring you amazing content by becoming a supporter of the show. There'll be a link in the show notes below. That link takes you to anchor.fm forward slash inspire to fire forward slash support. And even a small contribution helps. As a thank you, I'll send you all my fire resources and give you a shout out on the next episode. Until next time, thank you for listening and have a great day.